0: Alrighty, welcome to the Bitcoin aggregated podcast. Um, so today we've got a special guest. Um, actually, I think we've got a special guest for the Alpha podcast as well, so it should be fun. Um, Chris, did you want to give a bit of an intro to yourself and uh, our history, I suppose? Because we had a podcast once once upon a time years ago that uh, we, it was really just drunken ramblings in the Bitcoin center, but just people having fun really. but. Um, yeah, do you want to give us an intro on what you've been doing sort of since then and, and who you are and, and what you're doing?
1: Yeah, what a time. I remember <laughs> at the blockchain said I was just sitting on the couch and then a, a, a gang of people came out to me like, you know a lot about crypto, you should join our podcast. Like, oh, okay, you should definitely come. <laughs> like, okay, I'll come, guys, I'll come. Yeah. Uh, and that was really fun. Uh, and that's where we sort of first met. That was literally, I think, the first time I met you. Uh, when you're no. coaxing me to come to this podcast. Like, oh. <laughs> and here we are again. Um, you're like, hey man, come to this podcast. Uh, and talk about it because it was I was like, oh, okay, man, I'll come. But uh, I'm not gonna do the grilling part. So anyway, my name is Chris, Chris McCabe. Uh, I'm a, I'm one of the co-founders of um Oxen uh, back then it was called Loki. So since then, uh we're like, you know, I don't know how many years ago that was. That was like five, six years ago now.
0: Yeah, it would have been. God, it's crazy.
1: Yeah, a while. Um and then so, so since then we sort of like went off, watched our, our own project. Um, it's called Loki back in the day, um, Chris P was there from from what it was called Dollar. We did a bunch of silly things and then we did some really cool things. Um, and then we rebranded the cool things to Oxen uh, and Oxen is itself a, um, a decentralized privacy focused uh, crypto project. Um, you know, we have Session, we have LokiNet, and then we have sort of the Oxen ecosystem and what that's going to bring future. Um, but enough about that. You Maxis don't want to hear shit about that, any of that sort of stuff.
0: Um, no, what, no, sorry, sorry. No, 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 it is important, actually. So, like with the with Oxen, um, so I use Session pretty much every day. I love it. I it's, it's an awesome piece of tech. I was looking into uh, Loki just recently, specifically for um, hosting. I think I pinged you, Chris, like for. Um, uh, hosting of this guy's basically written an awesome JSON um, for basically ripping down ROMs into this thing called fight cade So you can play like old school, um, ROMs and you don't have to worry about like, you know, what, um, BIOS you need or any of the the stuff that, you know, that takes hours to stuff around with. And he got a takedown notice from like Nintendo or something. Um, yeah, it really sucks because we like, he's put a lot of work into it. And it was an amazing um, bit of software, so I was thinking, oh, maybe IPFS or LokiNet or something. So, um, for for like maybe not that project, but like there's so many things that you can use decentralized tech for. Is it Oxen that's the token that you use like across the board? So I, I used Oxen to buy my name on Session, but is it the same sort of thing for LokiNet? Like how does how does that work? Uh,
1: yes or no. Um, yeah. So uh yes, I'll say yes in short, absolutely. Um so Oxen is the um uh, oxen is the coin uh and oxen is the ecosystem. Uh I guess it's kind of like Ethereum, you know, not exactly like Ethereum, but like you know, as a basic concept. You know, you have you have the coin, you have the network, and you have the coin that sort of keeps the network going. And then you have these private fr- privacy-focused applications that run on top of the network. Um, so so session for instance you can buy an ons which is like it's uh, just like a cool handle it's like a handle
2: mm-hmm.
1: um as you did and you can do the same thing for lokinet so you can buy like um cake.loki or um Kieran. Loki. and then you can have that web address set up and then people can just type in kieran.loki and they can find your personal website that you've got set up and okay. that it's like the same sort of thing. Um and then Oxen the wallet as well we're going to do like a, you know just like ens where you can like buy your own name you can just be kieran we will just send money to kieran so it's all these sort of um are sort of like um freemium kind of things you know like the you know you don't have to do them you can do them they have been pretty, pretty popular uh, the ons has been pretty popular i myself have bought many i love them um so they're pretty popular um uh, but then on top of that the more every sort of time we build something on the Oxen network the goal of adding that tool or that software is to return value to the to the ecosystem, the platform, to reward, you know, because we have the there's inflation. The this uh, the node operators get paid oxygen every two minutes, and our goal is to make the network so useful and make the sort of like premium and profit just so useful that it it sort of like has a value returning mechanism, sort of just like a normal economy. That's the game plan.
0: Cool, cool. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's pretty important, and I think like the, I mean, obviously. Having decentralized tech specifically for hosting of files, maybe not even necessarily with a token attached to it. Like that's why I was so excited about IPFS when it launched, because it wasn't like you know built for returns. It wasn't built with a token attached. Now it is. Like they've kind of done the opposite and built Filecoin like <laughs> to attach to IPFS. Like, it's so weird. So yeah, I think like, I think having as many decentralized texts for files as possible is really, really important. So that's cool. It's a cool, cool uh, project that you're working on for sure. That you're both working on um, So um, yeah, so you're working on that. And then like, uh, so is that is that your full-time thing now or have you got other stuff that you're doing
1: as well? Uh, I like to just focus on one thing. I like to go all in on one thing at a time. I feel like in life, mm, you know, you you can put a little bits of energy here and there, um, and it may it may pay off. It's kind of like gambling. But if you just go really hard on one thing, like I just uh, I just like fully focus on one thing, um, and it allows me to like get the most out of that. And I feel like in life, once you get the most out of something, you can sort of use that energy to like multiply other things. So if you get something super successful somewhere, um, for me, I, like it, and then I can like refine that further. For us, we're like hyper focused on session. So our goal is to get you know session user numbers up to like a million. Yeah, uh, and once you have that like momentum and that energy and those you know those people, you can you know use that elsewhere. Cause like, hey guys, we we'll do this really awesome thing. Uh, we're gonna do it again this way. You know, come follow us again, and you kind of get the momentum. So for me, I'm all about like hyper focus and then momentum.
0: Cool. Ah, fair enough, fair enough. I think I do the opposite. <laughs> I get excited about too many things and say, yeah, let's do
3: it all. <laughs> I, I think a lot of people or... in this industry get their hands into a lot of pies. Yeah, I'm certainly guilty of it. it yeah. The excitement sort of takes over.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Particularly BTC. Like the BTC stuff, like the stuff being built on top of that, you get like super excited about and then you like have to sort of bring it back. But all right, cool. Let's let's kick off, I reckon. So uh, um, the one, like there's a whole bunch of stuff obviously with the markets and everything. Chris, I know you're not looking at the, uh, the price at the moment, but you, you probably have an inkling that it's not great. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it, well i mean i don't mind what it is but no. i think the rest of the community feel like it might not be so great
0: yeah yeah um which i thought it'd be cool to kick off with this one so this is a post the long um, con a little, little while back but um a couple of weeks. The
2: long, of the long con of ethereum is very similar to what happened with luna because it's not the long con of ethereum is very similar to what happened with luna because it's not gonna work in the long run. It's gonna take longer, but in the end, it's not going to work. Luna, it was obvious that it was going to up, blow up sooner because they got the Ponzi going like way, way, way too big, too fast. But in the end, these things are not going to work. And each one you can, like we could outsource, we could, we could sort of distribute the work and have like a couple Bitcoiners go deep on Cardano, a couple Bitcoiners go deep on Ethereum, a couple Bitcoiners go deep on Polkadot, a couple, you know, whatever. Blow up, you know, explain why Axie is fucking stupid. Explain why Steppen is going to fail, just like Bitclout and everything else failed before it. Like, I feel like uh, they keep on saying, like, this one is new, this one is different, this one is innovative, and it never fucking is. It's just a new marketing pump so the insiders can dump their cheap tokens, their free tokens later. And now Celsius seems like uh, the obvious third. And kind of pomp has been like a minor nuisance all along (laughs) softball, softball interview infomercials of shitcoin founders but otherwise he's you know he likes bitcoin i like that but the monetization through shitcoins and the uh you know i think just not top of funnel anymore just keeping people fucking confused sending them to crypto and giving softball interviews to crypto founders just giving them infomercials i think does bitcoin a disservice yeah, I love his, love his t-shirt by the way otherwise he's cool. few 21 uh, million <laughs> yeah,
0: it's it. um yeah I thought that was really interesting so like he's he's basically saying like I don't I don't honestly don't know half the things he was talking about so he's talking about all these like obviously ethereum clones that that people are building out um and you know you know pump and dumping uh, obviously Solana is one of them Celsius obviously the, the big one uh just recently. But um, Luna, Luna was like a, a massive thing that, you know, a lot of people um, put a lot of faith in these like stable coins. Obviously he's blown up as well. But um, I thought maybe we will kick it to you, Chris M. Like what's what's your thoughts on on his um, reaction to sort of Luna and the whole ecosystem
1: as a whole? Yeah. Um uh there's a lot going on there uh hey, luna. Yeah. um what is it what, what, there's something about it that made it um, that was like kind of an obvious fail and every other one's failed what is it it's like a um it's like an algorithmic stable coin or something um and it's it, it they like they always fail. like so far they've always failed and i think that like we would not have put money into luna or um what is it? USDT, USDD? What was it called? US USDT and
0: yeah. a t- a Tether. Apparently today I was just looking at. Um, I don't think I posted anything on it, but um, something similar. So they because they they've, they're backed by um, uh, bonds and the bonds market is dumping, so they're gonna have to dump and basically. Or well, the theory is that they're basically gonna uh, not be able to to pay out whoever needs Tether sort of thing. So. It seems to be sort of the, the cycle sort of replete, repeating itself with these different um, yeah. stable coins, but also he's even saying Ethereum going to zero for the, for the same reason. Mm. Um,
1: the, the, I, I don't know why, you, I, I can't connect the stable coins and Ethereum as a concept that doesn't make sense. Like they, they, they seem completely different. If you think about the concept of like, we have Ethereum, okay? Ethereum is this ecosystem. There are people using Ethereum like crazy. Yes, the NFT, that was bull stuff. That was crap. Um, sorry, I started swearing. I was like trying to pull back my swearing. NFTs is a concept. No, no, here no, here. No. You can always tell. Oh, go
0: for it. Go swear on it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I just remember, you know, over the last six or 12 months, people like, I'm buying these NFTs. and like, and they're like, Chris, you have to buy some NFTs. And I was like, I don't have to buy some NFTs. They're going, the concept it doesn't have enough to it to make sure this is going to be a thing in a few months. And I don't want to go on a tangent to NFTs, but there's a positive to everything, if that makes sense. Like um uh fine, I'll go into this rabbit hole. Okay, so NFTs, I dislike them immensely, but they the more you learn about NFTs, the more you understand like how general art and a Ponzi of arts works. And you see this thing where you have and, and crypto, the good thing about crypto, it was a transparent view of um, how the Ponzi economics of the high network, like the high wealth, uh, high wealth, the expensive art industry. It's got a specific name. I forgot what it was fine art. <laughs> yeah, fine art or fine art. Anything that's above like you know ten million bucks. Um, if you look at who owns the fine art, it's kind of really hard to work out who exactly owns whatever collection. But you know if you own a collection a lot of the time they try and buy the the collection and then when one sells they try and like manipulate the price, so you know they've got like you know $500 million worth of art, but they are 90% of the supply of said art. Um, and it's the same thing that's kind of happened with NFTs, but in a very transparent, very fast, very understandable way for someone trying to understand the art market as a concept, uh, and you see these sort of like. NFT collections pumping each other up and like saying, "Oh yeah, it's fantastic," and you kind of get this narrative going on. Um, But because the transparency behind it, you can
3: kind of see, "Oh, this is bullshit. (laughs) Like this Mm. is not going to go any further." Um, You might be able to see that, Chris. But I think the problem is the majority of punters who think, "Oh, this is the next hot topic. I better get in early because you know I missed out on Bitcoin or I missed out on Ethereum or I missed out on X Y Z coin." I want to get in on this on the ground floor so they buy up all these jpegs thinking hmm. this thing is going to go to the moon because some influencer told me and the reality is they don't have the the ability and the skills and the patience to do what you've done, Chris, and look at the on-chain data and figure out, wait a minute, 90% of the collection here is owned by one wallet or whatever you, whatever suggestion you want to make. People don't really go that deep. Like most people in crypto probably have never done an on-chain transaction. They just use Coinbase or crypto.com and they they do everything on their centralized exchange. So I think whilst I agree with with yeah. your assessment, I actually don't think that the majority of people do take the time to look into those sort of things, even though they are there. And I agree. It is a lot more transparent compared to the physical art world where all of these things go on. I agree. It's absolutely shocking.
1: Yeah. And my secondary concept to this is, you know, um, NFTs kind of give you a clear understanding of how like the fine art market works and um, Bitcoin and crypto gives you a sort of good understanding of how the finance uh, markets work as well. So you have these sort of um, Ponzi economics that go like crazy, like so often, um, and even like, I, I like Bitcoin, I'm not trying to shoot at Bitcoin, but even if you think about the concept of Bitcoin, you have these people going like, I want to buy a million Bitcoin and I want to try and own as much of the supply as I can. Uh, and then when the price drops, they try and buy it up. You know, you see like Michael Taylor and MicroStrategy is going like, we're not getting liquidated, and if we get liquidated, we're going to keep buying, so it doesn't like go down to that price to liquidate us. So we have this like these markets that can be manipulated, and they are being manipulated, and you can see it. And the wallets transparent, and you can see who's holding like you know five hundred thousand Bitcoin or a million Bitcoin. Um, and you can like, I don't, I don't I don't go into this any further, but I feel like um you know if you had a good friend at chain analysis, I think you could find some very interesting information. Um, so, met a to guy from Chain Analysis recently. <laughs> yeah, John? yeah. Cool. I would
3: call him a friend. I just met him at, at a <laughs> at a party thing. Um, you know, I'm sure. We all have yeah. heaps of questions for those for those types, but yeah, yeah,
0: for sure, for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. Now going back to your NFT point, though, I think that yeah, there's a disconnect between the technology of that and like the Ponzi's that have been run on top of it. So, like, what? One one good use case that I, I can see for NFT specifically, and we're looking at using them um, for the school of Bitcoin is certifications. So having a cert, so like if you're familiar with the concept of a MOOC, so a massive online open course, um, generally at the end of that, of a course that you do as a MOOC, you get the, the option to buy a certification. So whether that's through Harvard or, um, edX or like any of these big organizations that are online, um, you can do a course for free. And at the end of it, you basically pay to get certified. So we're taking that concept and actually building NFT certification. So it's a non-fungible token. There's only one of it. It's issued to you. And we're building that on the BTC blockchain through something called Stacks. So don't think that the, the, the tech is bad, right? I don't, I don't think any tech is bad really. It's just the application of it. So like, instead of selling, you know, pictures of monkeys, we thought, well, why, why don't we actually do something that's, that's relevant with that? um and applicable to something, right? And and is meaningful to somebody rather than just, you know, um, buying artwork from yourself. That I think- a that Specific,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, for that specific example that you just gave though, uh, if you sort of break down that concept where you have like, you know, certificate of something, you pay a hundred bucks and it goes on like the Bitcoin blockchain. Bitcoin blockchain can't hold pictures. So you are going to use a centralized database of these images of these certificates. So why even put it on Bitcoin at all if there's going to be a centralized
3: database holding it? No, Ethereum that does concept. as well. Yeah,
0: true. Yeah, Ethereum does do the well That's like the how all
3: NFT blockchains work, right? Yeah, like all They're kind just of they're just hashes with links to J- to URLs where they're hosted on central servers.
1: Yeah, no, so um, a lot of NFTs that you can chuck them on, um, I don't know, or something. a lot of them are, like integrated into Weave or IPFS and they'll be like, yeah, this will be here for three years. So it's like, you gotta keep paying after three years time or something like that, I'm not being to NFTs, but- um, Where does like, like say crypto
3: punks live? Where do those images live?
1: Um, I couldn't tell you, I,
3: I, I don't subscribe. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I mean, I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, well, no, I, I hear your point with that for sure, but I think that, that even with a centralized database, or if you can call Stacks a centralized database, which it has its own blockchain, it's got its own Explorer, like it's, it's basically Ethereum kind of built on top of BTC, the settlement on BTC, but I think like the, the unique identifier linking to that certificate is the valuable piece to that individual. And we're actually utilizing it for something we're calling a days. So a decentralized autonomous education system So instead of it just being like, here's your cert and good luck, go on your way. We want them to be able to use that in the ecosystem. So one, to upgrade the curriculum. So have a say, uh, like consensus driven curriculum. So like, all right, this part was crap. We wanna upgrade it. I'm gonna use my cert to do that or use the cert to actually be able to um, fund whatever problem-based and project-based learning journeys they wanna go on. So an actual use case, Uh, Like rather than as I was saying, just a a picture of something. So it's we'll see. I mean, maybe it won't work out, but I think it's it's something exciting to explore anyway. Um, Is it a
1: picture? is it an nft or is it just numbers saying like your code is this your name is this and you pass this well, we haven't built and- it yet so <laughs> oh, okay because i feel like you could put that on a blockchain you don't have that image,
0: it's just like this Come like it yeah, just, you know. just the hash is yeah, yeah it's sort of uh, really but then thing. at that
3: point does it even need to be on a blockchain why isn't it just on a yeah. central dep- like this is how universities work now right like they they print certificates they put it in a centralized <laughs> database and that database is the oracle for that particular university or does he really need to live on a blockchain?
1: Well, I actually thought it was
3: kind of cool that last bit of but yeah, okay, go on. But-
1: uh, well, universities are broken,
0: so we want to try and fix them, right?
3: <laughs> I'm not standing up for them. Yeah, they're shit. They're absolutely dog crap, but... Across
0: the board, and they've got free money for the last 50 years for doing next to nothing. So anything we can do to disrupt that, I think we're on the way forward, really. Um, but would- all right, so let, let's, let's move on from that because I got so much content because it's been been a while. Um, the next one I wanted to jump into was, oh God, there's so many. So there's this one here, um, improving Bitcoin privacy with silent payments. I think this is really important. Um, or p- probably particularly for tonight, um, more so than if it was just your me crispy, cause I think this is something that, um, I think a lot of maxis kind of just skim over. So. I've always been a fan of Monero um, I've been mining Monero for a number of years. I think it's a cool project um specifically because of the privacy and I think um, realistically what it is is a test net to be able to see if if what Monero is building out actually works and then taking those properties and then bringing them across to BTC so or, or to the BTC blockchain specifically. So I think like, having the ability to to use these different networks to see if something has merit and then bringing it across. So I think what the article kind of goes into uh, lightning and using that and how that's decentralized and, and how you can have um, or future thinking, how we could build silent payments, I think it's really important. But yeah, I thought um, with that, like for me, there's a, there's a bunch of other chains that are doing cool stuff that I wouldn't recommend anybody investing in but you can bring across the elements that they're building out into the BTC blockchain as a testnet. But yeah, what, what do you guys think of that as a concept?
3: I haven't read the article, so I'm not familiar with the- well, not, not the that specific, but,
0: but, but uh, as, a, as a general principle. So like these are testnets that we can learn from, and then, so like I'm using the, the example of Monero. So that's, that's something that's privacy from the ground up how do we replicate that on the BTC blockchain that has obviously the longevity and the security and all the rest of it as um, something that we can bring to the wider community?
3: I mean, I generally agree with that narrative of much of the altcoin industry is just experimental and anything that turns out to be of significant value will likely be built on a better network, whether that's stable coins, NFTs, DeFi, any of these these little niches of crypto if any of them turn out to be like pretty cool um for me personally the jury's still out but if any of them turn out to be awesome and people want that and the free market says we want to build this, we want to use this, then I imagine it will be taken from these shitcoin projects that have Hyperinflation and massive pre mines and all sorts of issues from a foundational perspective, and it'll be built on a better network. In my opinion, ideally, Bitcoin. But yeah, I mean, I'm not the person that makes those decisions, so it doesn't really matter what I think. But yeah, I mean, generally, I agree with that. Like a lot of this stuff is just test nets and experimental sort of stuff. And we've seen many of them blow up, we've seen plenty of them still hang around. So the free market will figure out what is deemed valuable and I mean, maybe it will be built on Solana, but I highly doubt that given <laughs> how bad Solana is, but you know, there's 20 odd thousand different altcoin projects. So I certainly haven't researched them all.
0: Yeah, no, I, I don't think the future is going to be built on Solana. I think we can all safely say <laughs> We can just turn it off when we like. <laughs> yeah, just, just pause it. <laughs> yeah, man, what, what about
1: yourself, Chris M? um can you sorry i was, I was listening to chris P then but what was the question again like I um, so basically like
0: like these these also like the article kind of delves into like um future thinking roadmap for btc making bitcoin private basically and that's essentially what monero is at the moment so treating monero as a test net and bringing that stuff over and there's, there's a myriad of other um Crypto is sort of doing the same thing and tokens are doing the same thing that oh. you, know, you can pick pieces out and go, cool, all right, we could roll that into the into the main chain. But uh, what do you think about that as a narrative?
1: Um I don't mean this in like a negative way, um, because I think there's kind of fun concept, but I would say Bitcoin is a cult. Um, and <laughs> it's not going to change. And even Monero is not going to change. Like when we try to launch auxum, which is a fork of Monero, like, hey guys, <laughs> want to build a Master Network on Monero, they're like, off <laughs> like but go away. And if you imagine bringing the same concept of like Monero to Bitcoin, it's just gonna be like, no, we're not a privacy project, it's not part of the Mo. it's not, it's not the white paper, it's not, it's not gonna happen. Um, and you we wouldn't say do... no though.
3: So, who would say no? The CEO of Bitcoin,
1: <laughs>
3: uh, developers, they have an extreme, like not
1: extreme, they have like a very interesting sort of like mechanism for like how and who can like develop onto Bitcoin.
3: Anyone can. It's open-source.
1: Yeah, but it won't won't go in. Like, it it
3: won't be... I mean, what if 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 I vote for it? What if my node says, yes, I support that particular change? And what if 10,000 other nodes also say yes? Maybe it will go in. I agree. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Like, Bitcoin is very slow to change. And I think that's actually a feature, not a bug. But... Yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah, yeah perhaps blockstream is the central sort of innovator or developer on the bitcoin network but that doesn't stop me or Kieran or you or anyone in the world contributing to the open source code and if people people deem it to be valid if it's good code and they want that implemented then it'll be voted for the 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 nodes will vote with their with their power. it's It doesn't matter yeah, what and, block streams. Maybe
0: is. not even that, like layer two solutions, like lightning, right? So like you have, or even liquid, which I'm not that familiar with, but um, building on that specifically, so there's something called submarine swaps that I was looking into a little while back that kind of mimic the infrastructure of Monero specifically, so for privacy. Um, so basically it goes on chain, off chain, or on-chain to lightning and then swaps back again. I don't know why it's called submarine swap, maybe because it's up and down. But um that that really resonated with me. I'm like, oh cool. So yeah, there is ways to do what these test nets are doing, maybe not necessarily um, you know, changing the code on, on GitHub, but as layer two solutions as well. Um so like another thing that, that comes to mind is like something like uh, Handshake, which is another project I'm really Interested in again? I wouldn't advise anybody to invest in it whatsoever. Um, But the project's basically, you know, creating (coughs) um, a a proof of work ecosystem to replace uh, DNS. So looking at the problem is centralized DNS at the moment. That you know, ICANN's ripping people off basically on a on a yearly basis. It's it's disgusting how much we have to pay to them to be allowed to have a .com or whatever it is they're looking at fixing that and going like hard in the paint doing that. I could see that getting rolled into the BTC blockchain like over time. Uh, but there's there's a, a bunch of little projects like that and maybe even as a layer two solution. So I don't think it's predicated on, you know, blockstream or the, the main devs. I think there's sort of workarounds for that.
3: I mean, they have influence. That's, that's definitely for a sure. fact. Yeah. And not having their support publicly certainly makes what i'm suggesting where individual nodes elect for a particular outcome much more difficult because generally speaking most people go with the crowd and if the biggest developers in the space aren't pro some particular implementation then you will find a lot of these sort of sideline node operators will just kind of go with whatever the the status quo is So, so i agree in reality it is like that but theoretically speaking it is possible for things yeah. to be implemented, whether it's ring signatures or, I don't know on a technical standpoint, how possible that is, because I'm not a developer myself, but let's hypothesize that, you know, Bitcoin wanted to implement ring signatures, for instance, that could just be submitted. And if the node if the node operators say we're into this, then it'll be enforced um, block stream support or no support. But yeah, I, I get that in reality, it's not quite that black and white.
1: Yeah, I I don't think that ring signatures would be implemented. Any, I don't think. And Monero is not a fork of Bitcoin, though, as well. Like, it's not. No, it's, yeah. it's it's like a fork of a Bitcoin or something, or even something dark. I don't know something else before that. Yeah. But I think if you're <laughs> going to go sort of a private transaction route, you probably look at Zero, which is a fork of Bitcoin, um, and they do have private transactions, and I think they use zk starts. So the the issue, like, if you made if you made Bitcoin or if you made all Bitcoin transactions, um, ring signature, like, you know, private, you can't like trim the blockchain. You, you, it it would make, so it'd be so slow. It would make the whole point of it. So suboptimal, like it just would not be fun anymore. The the downside is huge. So I guess I'm not trying to say nothing's impossible. I just mean like the value proposition of Bitcoin is pretty good right now. Adding this feature to it would make it worse. Like, I think it would be a
3: downgrade. I mean, that's maybe where like layer two, solutions come right i mean lightning kind of does this lightning is to a degree more private than an on-chain transaction but it's also new and it still needs to scale and it has its own problems as well um which we won't get into but i mean this stuff doesn't get built overnight and we know that we've all been involved in this industry for better part of at least half a decade if not longer so there's still a lot more work to happen between now and when know, we're talking about these things as fully implemented features, but I, I read an actually an interesting uh, chat, a group chat, I mean, that was talking about Bitcoin privacy. And, and I guess, looking at what Satoshi wrote in the white paper, and like, it seems like he kind of actively chose a design choice whereby, oh, we're all familiar with Bitcoin being pseudo anonymous, yep. you know, through through public keys and private keys. But, um, you know, it seems like Satoshi maybe could have built a completely private coin, if he perhaps wanted to, but actively chose not to, to have pseudo non non amenity, because he wanted it to fit potentially into, you know, the world's regulation of, of currency. I mean, that's just, I don't know if that's what he wanted or not. But you look at his body of work, and his writing, and you know, that's what he chose to do, he chose to make it in a way that it is still auditable. So mm-hmm. you can still see what's going on. You just can't see who's doing what without having extra information about those public addresses. So maybe that was his ideal
0: his vision for it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, that, yeah. maybe that was his vision and, and
3: having something like Monero, which is, you know, full blown privacy from the start to finish. He knew that perhaps wouldn't scale. I don't know. I'm talking. Out yeah, like maybe, asking, and,
0: it, and it attracts attracts the wrong type of person as well. So, like, I mean, know. well,
3: Bitcoin ended up being used for yeah, yeah, for lots of dodgy things, and yeah. especially in the early days. So, I mean, I don't know if he was necessarily trying to protect against that, but perhaps from like a, I mean, you know, it was it was trying to be a P two P global ethical. cash system. Yeah, yeah,
0: it could been from an to, ethical standpoint for sure.
3: Yeah, to do that, I think you need to have some level of audibility, and that's what sort of Bitcoin. Has that Monero doesn't. I mean, we can't audit anything on Monero. Good point. So, That's a really
0: good point. I don't know. Mm-hmm.
3: That was just something I picked up in a chat today from people talking about privacy and what Satoshi's vision might have been. I'm not really sure where I stand on that, but.
0: That's huge. Well, this one from t- uh, whenever this was, was it 28th of May? Um, I wanted to talk about this specifically because I've had a fair few encounters with buskers. Um, and like trying to get them, as you guys probably have as well, to you know they've got a phone there. Why don't you accept BTC? And the the negative reaction you get, like I would say nine times out of ten, it's so strange. So it's so cool to see whoever this guy is <laughs> taking the initiative. <coughs> to be like, yeah, I'm a Bitcoin busker, And he's got his lightning address there. I'm like, that's awesome. So like, I, the, I'd say like the, the biggest success I had was one guy in the city here. who had like a, um, it's pretty cool actually. He had like a drum machine and like some sort of MPC who was like making like beats in real time. It was awesome. And he had like a QR code for PayPal. So I was like, oh my God, we were going to, to lunch or something I'm like, hang on, I'll be back guys. I gotta go talk to this guy set him up with Wallet Satoshi and showed him how to do it gave him his first stats and everything he's like oh my god thanks so much I'll um I'll continue this in the future but that was like you know what few and far between what do you reckon it is that you know people in specifically this industry there's like homeless people as well that I've tried to set up with um you know they've got phones and they like set them up with a, a lightning address but they've got resistance to it what what do you guys reckon it is?
3: It's probably the fact that they don't really know much about it. Yeah. Um, they don't understand it. Um, I'd say the more realistic like the the yeah, what's probably more likely is that they don't know how to use it and also it is not as commonly used. So if a busker gets cash, which typically that's how they accept their money, yeah. they can take that down to the local convenience store and buy a beverage on the spot where if you did that with the lightning network or even on chain, we know that that's probably not going to happen. The chances of that convenience store accepting Bitcoin are quite slim to zero. So the usability of that Bitcoin, I think, is probably the biggest deterrent from people wanting to accept it. I mean, and just their, their lack of understanding in general, right? I mean, not that they probably understand how money works either, but the fact that it does work is enough for them to know that they can still go down to the shops and do whatever the hell they need to do with the money that they're receiving from their busking. Whereas, yeah, Bitcoin is much further behind in that regard.
0: But kind of, so if you look at, like I've seen a lot of them with PayPal QR codes and like the work you have to go through to make that PayPal transaction actually you know go and buy you something from a store is a lot like you got to link your card it's 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 still a token right so it's like there's not much of a leap nowadays anyway between that and bit refill versus PayPal and you know getting transactions so I don't know maybe maybe it's just like the tech has to get better and better for for it to be easier for them to use but can you yeah,
1: accept yeah. Bitcoin? <laughs> Can you accept Bitcoin on PayPal yet or not? Oh, i don't know i think in america
3: I think in america yeah in america yeah you can buy <laughs> sell trade and withdraw bitcoin and i think uh maybe a couple of other altcoins as well
1: yeah yeah i i, I kind of put it down to a couple of things here um uh, i think chris kind of said one already, but it's like if um i think it's kind of two main concepts of maybe two or three. Uh, at least one of them is um Many people who are like heavily in the arts, uh, maybe there's like a, a contrast in personality. Um, personality, I feel like a lot of people uh, are like in trouble with this, but it's like this concept of somebody who just loves like art and uh, like music. Uh, I don't know, like a really artistic individual. Uh, a lot of the time, maybe that doesn't. I don't know. I don't know many people who are really into arts and really into finance. So you're kind of bringing art and finance together. Um, so you know, that person is like music. Yeah, end of two, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they should be doing NFTs. Yeah. Uh, and then the other concept is like, yeah, if, if somebody is homeless, it's like, well, how much they know about money. Uh, and maybe they're in a bad yeah. circumstance as well, but just like on averages, like if you've got like a thousand people and you're like, oh, this person has literally no money in their pocket, what do they like? What is their knowledge and understanding of money as a concept? So it's like, yeah. why would they want to use complicated money and have a phone if they don't have already have a phone when you can just get cash and then buy that food that you need today, as sort of Chris was saying. Um, yeah. So yeah, and I think the concept with PayPal, I think a lot of people use PayPal arts, you know, everyone uses eBay or everyone has used eBay or bought something online. So everyone already kind of has a PayPal account. The, mm. the use of PayPal is so easy. So I do believe that you know, in a year or two, once PayPal is super easy and you can just accept money, I think you just see like a massive influx of um mm. of you know crypto payments through PayPal. The tech.
0: Tech getting better
1: and easier for people to use easier for sure,
0: for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was interesting anyway. Like, I think that it's going to be, um, I think it's awesome. Like, I remember years ago at the Bitcoin Center, Martin um, headed up a, like a homeless Bitcoin program. Um, shout out to Martin if you ever listen to this <laughs> or if you've disappeared to.
1: Um, I ran into him actually. Did you? During like- COVID. Oh, cool. Maybe 12 months ago. He was just near my house. I was walking on the beach. And um, he's like, Chris,
2: how are you wait. doing?
1: Hey, how are you doing? I know, so I had a little chat. Um, I can't remember what he said exactly. He's like, I'm just living down the road or something. And then he's like, I bought I bought oxen. I've got oxen. I was like, thanks. And I awesome, <laughs> awesome. He's like, yeah, go, go, guys, go. And then I'm like, all right, well, you know, it's nice to and have a lovely day. I haven't <laughs> seen him again since. He's just, just randomly near my house. Um, oh, that's
0: crazy. Uh, I miss that guy. He's awesome. Um, but yeah. Uh, i remember him like setting up a, a like a homeless or like homeless campaign
3: for bitcoin it kind of fizzled out big umbrella and... or something yeah big umbrella yeah, yeah. Or
0: umbrella yeah umbrella it was something. like
3: feeding the homeless yeah yeah
1: it was,
0: uh, it was They
3: cool. just used to just kind of like get donations from the bitcoin events that we held from people and then donate it to the mm,
2: yeah.
3: yeah don't really know how much of like the bitcoin tech per se was integrated but it was just more like let's get some of these crypto folk to donate to a good cause. Yeah.
1: He's
0: a really good
2: I mate think,
3: runner. Yeah.
0: I think, I think initially like the idea was to upskill them and QR code them up and away you go, but maybe it sort of fizzled out into, let's just give him some money off.
3: Shit, this is like what, 2016 or something? Uh,
0: 15 maybe? Yeah, <laughs>
3: you can't even do that now. <laughs> it's exactly. still be a struggle.
0: Yeah, it's nuts. Um, this was a real success. So uh, Chris M, you probably haven't uh, seen this, but basically we've hijacked all the uh, the Bitcoin meetups that kind of died through COVID. Um, and we've got, so we're calling it a tribrid model. And basically I've got a virtual reality space that's like the hub um, that anyone can connect to from all over the world, feeding out actually to a YouTube <laughs> stream. Out to a Zoom and then three physical locations. Um, So we're doing that once a month. So you're more than welcome to to jump into the next one. If you've got a VR headset, you can come in VR or you can uh, join Zoom or whatever it is. We're going to rotate between um, New South Wales, Queensland, and Melbourne. So I think the next one's going to be in Queensland, and all sort of jump in with whatever tech you have. So pretty exciting. Um, I think the next one we've got a dev. Uh, from Stacks coming to talk. So talking about clarity, which is the, the language that stuff's built in um, and uh, mining again as well. So there's a lot of interest in in, um, in alpha from the last one. So Chris P, you might be up to, <laughs> to chat to people, I think, when the sounds of it, but um, yeah, very cool, very cool stuff and exciting. Um, skip those. I know we've kind of gone. A bit over time for this, but sorry. Right. Um, Bittero, I wanted to talk about this because I know they've the Ditch KYC, I've never used them. Have you guys used these guys at all? And like I was just following them online, they look like a great company. Um, but yeah, I thought if you can give us some some uh, background and and sort of if and your experience with them, if you use them.
3: I've never used them, but I do know their founder. He's um, a friend of mine. Uh, he also started the Australian Bitcoin industry body, um, which I'm a part of. Oh, cool. Um, I've never used bitteru but they're just, they seem pretty good from what I can see, um, which is only externally. But, so wait, what's going on here? New KYC process plus KYC fee waived. Yeah. So KYC do- fee is no longer required, right? Mm-hmm. And bye-bye. I didn't even realize there was a fee to be KYC'd isn't that nah,
0: well,
3: yeah <laughs> isn't that itself a little bit odd but yeah. anyways perhaps that was being passed on from one of their providers or something um i mean the fact that you got a kyc is probably the bit that really gets me <laughs> yeah yeah how
1: do you
0: well,
3: not KYC? how do you not KYC? how do you not kyc i'm just saying i wish it wasn't like that like I, oh, okay. the, bit, the bit that i don't like is the, the fact that you've got a if you want to buy any sort of crypto at least in australia you've got to buy through one of these uh austrac licensed exchanges and part of their licensing is that they do kyc and aml um stuff so take your id and make sure you're not a baddie or whatever which also then translates to tax office gets everything that happens on their books um yeah i'm not not stoked on that let's put it that way
0: (laughs) no No, it's, it's pretty gross. Like, I think the KYC process altogether is just way too intrusive. Now it's gotten worse and worse, like with the main exchanges. Like, so to see someone now coming out like that, I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like someone's thinking in the right direction anyway.
3: Um, Well, I mean, they're still doing KYC.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like the, it's a trajectory. like, I mean, it's, it's not binary. It's not on and off right. Like the, if you look at somewhere like Kraken, for example, the stuff you have to do to be allowed to like buy crypto with them is insane. Like, you know, retina scans and God knows what, it's like, what, how, how have we gotten this far? Whereas, you know, at least the company's sort of thinking along those lines, I think it's, it's quite good, but again, I, I, I use them, so.
3: yeah, no, I think they're pretty good. I mean, they're one of the only Bitcoin only exchanges in Australia, probably the only other that I can think of off the top of my head would be Amber which is the one that I am particularly fond of just because of yeah. their simplistic UI and they are kind of like the, the father of dollar cost averaging in Bitcoin. Um, which yeah, is for
0: sure.
3: my favorite strategy, but, yeah. um, I did see a tweet earlier today, actually from another Aussie, which is, I guess, somewhat relevant. Let me just try to find him. So he's, I think it's a, he could be wrong, but, Every, exchange, every Australian exchange I use is hitting me up for advanced KYC. That's three exchanges that want to know details of every address I've ever sent or received a token from. Yeah. So, I guess that's the stark difference. Uh, I mean, in in true transparency, those three exchanges were SwiftX, CoinSpot, and CoinJar. Um. So, those three exchanges and probably. Many of the others as well are going deeper into KYC, not less. Yeah, yeah. It's, so, it's
0: insane.
3: Well, I think we're um, going to um, see that general general trajectory going down that route, especially in a in a pretty crappy jurisdiction like Australia. We're not <laughs> we don't have a great history for people's privacy.
0: Yeah, agreed.
1: Agreed. What What's your thoughts, Chris? I uh, I don't really go. use Australian exchanges. I just use like FTX. Um, the fees are way lower. It's like there's just no fees. <laughs> there's no there's like there's no fees and there's massive liquidity and the service is really good. I'm not gonna kind of show sure FTX any further.
3: Um what was um, their KYC but, process though? They I'm sure uh, they would have asked for a passport pretty, or something.
1: Um it's pretty standard. It was just like um, yeah, whatever, like whatever passport or something. Yeah, maybe it was passport. I can't remember, it was a long time ago um but just like i don't know you can do like leverage trades i've leveraged trade right up open at right this time i'm not going to say what it's on um <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i don't know just so convenient I, it's just good for me but maybe not for you guys um i was using what's that really popular story one coin independent reserve using independent reserve holy shit, uh that exchange is ridiculous i tried to um I needed like two USDT. I was like, yes, yeah, great. I'll use independent reserve. And I sent like 10 bucks there or 20 bucks or whatever it was. And then uh, I needed three USDT or something. And then when I went to go withdraw it, it's like, yeah, it's a 10, it's a like $5 trading fee to $10 withdrawal fee. And it didn't have, I didn't have enough money to withdraw $3. Uh, and I was like, oh, this is shocking.
3: You had um, to put more in just so you could withdraw three dollars out. Yeah,
1: it's like I had to go like for like another 20 bucks in and I just had enough to get three bucks out. It was like so such so ridiculous. And <laughs> um if you and just the, the way that it sort of like operates is so broken. I it just doesn't matter I'm not gonna shit on them any further. Um be yeah, hmm. uh FTX it's like yeah I want to send money. Boom cool. well, you said have five grand ten grand it's there in like an hour or two. You buy whatever you want it's out within an hour or two like everything's done same day there's no fluffing about um so anyway i'll stop shilling fx because you know they're not they're no angel <laughs> they're no angel they're just, it just works that's all but they're right. no
2: angel
0: yeah that's what you want yeah gosh. um yeah. this is an interesting one as well so the maybe we should say this for the the alpha podcast actually we'll come come back to this with the new york mining ban and uh the green opportunities for that but we will we'll circle back to that The one i did want to talk about was that I thought was pretty exciting, um, really exciting actually was uh, this one, so Jack Dorsey and Jay-Z um, announcing a Bitcoin Academy, specifically in um, Marcy projects, which is where Jay-Z grew up and obviously they they have to be um, a member of that sort of community to gain access to it, I think for now. Anyway, we, we actually reached out to them to see if we can support with some curriculum and stuff, but um, the idea is, you know, giving them uh, phones, giving them uh, internet access and giving them free coding and financial literacy classes. And I thought that is so cool um, to see like such a big name, like, you know, Dorsey could basically sit back and do nothing now if you really wanted to. But the fact he's going out of his way to do stuff like this, I think is so cool. And it's really akin to what we tried to do at Warana Park. So like having the learning space that's student centric and it's sort of low economic area. Um, But, you know, not playing catch up, giving the kids in that area as is families in that area, um, a leg up like beyond like what people are doing. So like the, the next level sort of thing. Um, I was just kind of blown away that, you know, these guys are taking it like Jay-Z as well. He could probably not do anything and sit back and, you know, just live on his millions or billions of dollars, whatever it is. Um, But the fact that both doing that, I think is super, super cool. But I don't know if you guys saw that or or any thoughts on that?
3: I saw the announcement, but I didn't really look too deeply into it. But from what you've explained, I mean, educating people and, and increasing their financial literacy is always a good thing whether it's for people in specific communities or literally everyone, including adults. I think everybody could probably use a little bit of education. Um, I mean, I never got taught it in school. Um, it was only until I found Bitcoin that I started questioning what is money, how does money work, where does it come from, Etc. cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah. And only through meetups, which we were all at, where we had these conversations, did I start learning about this sort of stuff. So anyone helping anyone try to upskill in that department, I think is a good, a good thing.
1: Hell oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't have the patience anymore. Um, I go- <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> you know, when, I first, when I first got into crypto, I was like, yeah, what a train." Everyone has to know. Everyone needs to know. And then, you know, every time we meet someone, I'm like, oh, what is this Ponzi? What is this Ponzi scheme? <laughs> so I just, I want to like help you with something. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. and then you do help someone and then it goes up, it goes down and then they freak out and then you're some bad person. So it's just like, I, I just don't have time to help people. It requires anything. a lot of
3: patience. I agree. Yeah. Because you I'm have sure. the same conversations over and over and over and over and over again, yeah. because everybody's basically at ground floor. They're at zero yeah. and you have to tell them this is how money works. This is why printing's bad. This is where inflation yeah. comes from. I mean, these things are starting to be a little bit more prominent now just given the kind of global economy um so people are starting to maybe open their eyes a little bit on their own accord and start going like you know why are, why are these things happening but at the end of the day most people are still kind of a sheep and they just follow the crowd and don't ask too many questions um what's the what do they call them quiet australians i believe they're called those australians that just don't ask too many questions or or, or cause too much fuss they're the ones that that the government like because yeah, they're, they're nice and quiet.
0: Yeah, 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 it is. But it is frustrating, and yeah, like you like you said, you're answering the same stuff over and over again. But also, like with this recent um, climate, you have I've had people. You guys are probably the same. People coming out of the woodwork saying, "Oh, uh, Luna, Luna, or something. It's a Bitcoin failed." It's like, oh, what? It's two completely different things. Like they, they quite anything in the news that has anything to do with cryptocurrency to, you know, the most strong network that's ever been. Well, I mean, the,
3: the publications do that as well. Anytime there's any bit yeah. of news, it's it's always, you know, it's interchanging Bitcoin and crypto left, right, and center. And, you know, half, half the time spent as a Bitcoiner is reminding people that Bitcoin is not crypto. Crypto is not Bitcoin. They are two different things. And then they branch out quite wide in many different directions but you know we, we've just got a long way to go kieran you work in education you know this all too well we still have a long way to go
0: i must have a lot of patience
3: <laughs> but yeah I I'm like historically it. not a very patient person but i have been getting better as i've gotten older
0: <laughs> <laughs> well there was a whole bunch of other stuff i wanted to jump into but i think i'll finish on this one dorsey again uh for, the, for this podcast and we'll jump into into mining um this was cool. So I've, I've done a bit of a dive into um, the, re- the release, like some slides talking about like what they want to build for Web 5. Web 5 is a weird name to me. I'm like,
3: hang on, Web 3? <laughs> Why it's we... a troll, right? Like, yeah, that's my understanding. Right? Like, <laughs> fuck Web 4, we're going straight to Web 5. Web
0: 4, I mean, it's arbitrary and meaningless, really, but yeah. Um, that my big takeaway, and this is something I've been going back and forth with for years, is the ID piece. So like the, one of the, the key uh, central pieces to this is decentralized identification. So if you remember a number of years ago, um, Microsoft specifically was looking at DIDs built on top of BTC, so using the BTC blockchain for longevity specifically. Um, so it looks like they're taking that as the the core uh piece of web five. So how do you do a DID and how do we how do we sort of build that out? And they're looking at building that out on Lightning and on the BTC blockchain. Um, and for me, I was kind of like, oh look, yeah, ID is really important, particularly in education. So you want to be able to, you know, auth who is who and have sort of reputation associated with that. But at the same time, you don't want to, you know, docs people and have all their, their stuff online. How do you do that? And I think they've, they they've, well, they've, they've got the, the basis to kind of build that out, which is is pretty exciting. Initially, I was thinking like a model like kind of Keybase. So like, I don't know if you guys use Keybase, where you have like a bunch of proofs against your ID. I thought that was really cool. Um, but this kind of takes it in another direction. So it's decentralized and I guess semi anonymous. Um, but I mean, time will tell and see what Web Five actually means. But did either of you guys check out any of his stuff that he's been posting on that, or have any thoughts on that?
1: I read it and I had a little laugh, and I was like, <laughs> I'll sort this out when Web Four comes around. I'll consider Web Five. You know, yeah. one web at a time. Well, I did <laughs>
0: find that kind of irritating. <laughs> yeah, I thought, dude, just build Web Three. It's like, <laughs> come on.
3: Well, yeah. I I my my guess is he, he's just saying by calling it web five, he's also saying web three is bullshit. Um, just like web five. Uh, That's why well, I was like, I couldn't quite understand like whether this thing was real and they're actually doing something, or was it just this big elaborate like April Fool's joke, just not in April? But this I think is real. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it is real and I think they are building stuff. And I think you're right, Kieran. I think they're not doing anything overly revolutionary, they're just kind of piecing together a lot of these things that kind of exist or maybe some work has gone into it and like collating it all and trying to plug it into Bitcoin in some capacity. I mean, yeah. that's my really cursory understanding of what this web five thing is. But the yeah. the funny details, I'm not sure. I just haven't bothered to look into it. I did see the digital identity piece um, in one of the slides. But to be honest, I didn't want to spend an hour looking at those slides, trying to understand every single concept. I was just like
0: <laughs> trying to pull it apart. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. When um, they
3: build stuff, I'll figure it out. And I'm then sure we're going to we play
0: with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, how's your node going? Did you get yourself a case?
3: Uh, it's at 1.42% synchronized. So we got, we got a bit of time on it. Ends. Time, yeah. <laughs> you
0: get yourself a nice case for
3: it. Yeah. 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 I got It's all, It's all housed in a little case. It's, it was super simple to set up and build like it's only a couple of parts and plug it in, flash it onto the SD and then plug it in so far so good. I mean, just, yeah, this is just the, no matter what software I'm using, it's going to take a while to download and synchronize the blockchain. So
0: leave uh, the old computer plugged in. I think I'll get myself an M2 for this, for this build. Apparently it syncs a lot quicker for some reason. So, my last one was an SSD. It took like forever to sync my node, but I think Umbrel is quicker than my node as well. So, we'll see, see how we go. Um, I've done like maybe
3: one and a half percent in two hours. So, <laughs> you do the math. I've got at least another, <laughs> yeah, who knows, couple of days at least. Yeah,
0: for sure. Um, but yeah, like with, with that, um, talking about Web3, so like to me, that's what Web three is, right? So like you're building your own node, you how like you're housing your own, you're taking ownership of your own data. That's what Web three is. So like the, the I've got a I've got a problem with like the you know you, you listen to like is that. How it's ones?
3: usually defined though.
0: Well, it's defined a, a lot of different ways, I suppose. But like if you listen to like, um, uh, as I know you do, what what Bitcoin did like Peter's always just shitting on Web3 without looking into like what it actually means, right? So like jumping in my mind, jumping from Web2 to Web3 means ownership. So it's like that end user owns their stuff. That's all it is instead of a third party. So like um, with Web2, you have like, you know, the big players like Google, Facebook, Microsoft, whatever, Azure, whatever, pick your poison, Amazon your stuff sitting with somebody else on somebody else's server web three is just taking ownership of that and then collaborating with that that data wasn't web
3: one supposed to be that too so we just like kind of going full circle
0: backwards
3: (laughs) i've heard that argument as well yeah
0: but i i don't think we had the infrastructure or the protocols for it back then right
3: that might be true
1: yeah i think the big issue with the current version or like what web three is is kind of like this this test concept of decentralized um you know storage and applications and certificates and stuff like that but at the end of the day they're still stored on a centralized repository um somewhere so it's kind of you're using a web3 sort of tool to connect to web2 um so it's kind of like we're very reliant on older stuff just because it's easier and financially viable to do it that way and I feel like that's kind of I thought that was this big jab here was that like web3 is just like an updated web2 in a way but we're not like really you know there's like another couple of generations until we have completely decentralized networks completely non-reliant on one individual mm. at this point. What what about what about Loki net? Loki net like the Oxford network or, mm. so at this point in time like where um, we don't we we don't store any of the data. So yes there is a decentralized network of nodes. Um, the only things that we or like we have touch base on would be um there's like storage servers. So there's multiple storage servers with some data in them and they're completely encrypted and it kind of works kind of like how um kind of this isn't a helpful reference but we can't see the data that's in there we can't like access the data so that's the closest thing for us at this point in time that's like mildly non-decentralized but at the same time uh we're looking at ways to make that decentralized in the future so um possibly uh we're we're looking to ipfs right now and sort of like how you can right now i don't know if you know like, the costing system for ipfs but it actually seems like it's quite expensive to use ipfs compared to just like a, a server somewhere how yes it's cool uh, i'm not going to go into the details but i think it's like 50 cents per i don't know per gig per month or something like that but the the, the cost elsewhere the competitive cost is like 10 or 20 cents or something like that for much 30? much less You can do it for free, but I'm talking about the major, um, the major competitors in the IPFS market for like data. providers, Like Filecoin, but Piñata, does that make sense to you? Piñata. Yeah. Um, So they charge like quite a premium. The question is- Well, that
0: they're pinning services, but like we could- Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We could take a photo of the three of us now, install IPFS. You could do it on your, on on your umbrella actually, uh, Chris. Mm -hmm. We could set it up pin it between our three devices. And that picture isn't sitting on a server somewhere. It's sitting between our nodes, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like tarenting like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um so we could do that, but then pinning it to like a paid service is quite expensive. A lot of the a lot of the paid ones are quite expensive. Yeah. Um so I guess like in the future we can do something like that. So there's there's all this cool really really awesome for sort of potential. Um, but you know, if you take just the files out, all communications on the uh, on session, uh completely private, decentralized and, and encrypted and onion unlaid, encryption, um the metadata. I'm not gonna show session any further, but it's awesome. Uh I <laughs> think no, it's cool. Definitely
0: cool. But, then, I mean, but but my point was like for the for the web three aspect of it, right? Like um yeah. sort of calling web three just web one rebranded, I don't think it's fair because like oh, no, no. I just gave, like. We can actually use protocols now to have stuff sitting on the internet between us, right? Like without it being owned by a single person, no single point of failure. I think that's that's the key. And I think that's what Dorsey's like aiming at, right? Like having having the 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 backbone of a decentralized web, um, which is unfortunate that he called it web five. But yeah,
3: (laughs) a troll. See, I think there's that definition of like personal server getting back from the grips of centralized parties. That's like one kind of definition that you could, you could put on web three, but I think the other one that I think most people perhaps, and I I could be wrong. I don't want to make assumptions on other people's behalf, but from what I can see, it appears at least in the crypto industry, it seems most people think of web two as like email and, and web pages and really sort of like basic kind of internet level programming. And yep. then web 3 is like DeFi and and yeah. you know lending and borrowing in a decentralized fashion and all this other crap stuff that's happening right now that's yep. all exploding yep. around us as we speak i think that's how a lot of people actually define web 3.
2: Yeah. Um,
3: that's yeah. the one i te- i have a bit more of an issue with as opposed oh, yeah. to the the, yeah. the personal server. The I'm wrong like, one. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> bullish on what your what your definition is. I mean, I'm literally setting up a node right now so I can start doing some of these things myself. But yeah, yeah the one where it's like, you know, oh, DAOs are going to run the future and, and DeFi is going to be everywhere and, and banks are going to cease to exist because we've got XYZ protocol. Like, I think that DeFi is the one that
0: well, that well, that web three.
3: Well, yeah, that that's. Yeah,
0: sorry. that that's, web three
3: definition yeah. is the one that most people are kind of playing around with, and yeah. Yeah,
0: then that's that's wrong. Um, well, right? <laughs> well, I mean, oh, it's and it's it's like the other one that they play around with as well. I suppose is, is like Facebook to Meta to Metaverse. So it's like Facebook is web two, Metaverse is like.
3: No. Yeah, but metaverse is part of that as well. Yeah. I mean yeah, it's I've tried to That's take that gross. out of my lexicon, but <laughs> yeah. that is that is one of the other elements of this definition of web three, is this metaverse concept yeah. and yeah. DeFi and all I that. Think, sort of I think I
0: think like as a community, we've got to push back against that and utilize because web three it's an important term. Push back against like the 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 false sort of narratives that have been put out there. And it's it is about ownership. So taking your stuff back from these third parties that have just been, you know, making money off everyone for free, like forever. Um, with for, you know, for the last like 10, 15 years, it's just not fair. So, I think that that's the key for right. So, like, we've got the monetary aspect that's been fixed, like, DeFi is BTC basically. Um, but you know, there's a lot of other elements to the web that need to be fixed as well. That I think yeah, a sort of, um, I guess, overshadowed by the money money side of things. So it's like, let's make a profit off stuff. Like, there's cool tech being built that just doesn't get the recognition. And it kind of sucks.
3: Yeah, um, well, we know that all too well. Yeah. Most people in don't care about the tech. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, in particular, IPFS, like, uh, uh, it's such a cool bit of tech. And the fact that it's kind of been tainted, like, like you said, Chris M, like it's expensive. It's like no, it's not. It's free. <laughs> it's open source, and we can yeah. do stuff with it. Like it's, yeah, it's, I find it frustrating. Anyway, all right. Let's let's uh, stop this this podcast, and we'll keep on to the next one. Uh, yeah.
1: Cool. Uh, I'll I'll bounce
0: out